yeah. As a new season rolls through, <laughs> so do new Zoom accounts. Yep. Thanks to a uh, Pooch Hotel giving me a raise, we can afford a $13 a month Zoom account to accompany our $13 a month RSS feed account. That, and that makes the second stinky dog uh, responsible for this uh, Zoom account. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. We got so, it going now. Um, yeah. should, we, should we talk some news? Right. <laughs> we got the new uh, Argento teaser today. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, just mostly flashes of violence. So, fine with me. Okay, I'm gonna get that. <laughs> See, just so everyone knows, this is now a morning show podcast. Yeah, we're trying. You'll hear the difference very quickly. I am pretty tired, <laughs> and I have re- just re- returned to the the cold city of Chicago, and I have not awoken from my dreamer's dream yet. But don't worry, he's still woke. Don't worry, I won't say anything offensive from here <laughs> on out. We're probably less spicy in the morning, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is for the older crowd who just want something pleasant. This is your this is your show today. This is the septuagenarian only Oscar bait episode. Yeah, considering this is a big opposite from the last one we did where I was rip roaring drunk oh wait that wasn't for us never mind <laughs> god i mean you know i'll say thanks to thanks to cat and ben Sachs for having us on the cinephile podcast um if you're interested in hearing what happens when someone's uncomfortable trying to be proud of something they've done and uh they you know, add a bunch of alcohol very quickly to that mix and then maybe start to spiral and slur. Luckily, there's some there's some good shit before it happens. But man, when it happens. So sorry, Kat and Ben. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to that. Um, I I happen to think that. There's a moment doing... where you straight up or just you're like, why are you doing this? Will? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, you know, I, I started that show. I mean, it was pretty late for me. I was two hours behind you or what? No, it wasn't late. It was late for you. Go ahead, bitch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let me drink more of this coffee here. Hold on. Um, yeah, no, I was, uh, several mezcal margaritas deep. It's good though. You said, you said good shit. Yeah, yeah, if you all want to hear, um, if you want to hear a, an amazing moment where uh, we finally start to do the battle we've long teased about the Exorcist films, and you can hear an amazing moment where John, who's still, I would say, his brain's still functioning at a reasonable level, he comes at me hard to defend it, and oh, good God, you can tell there's nothing except for Ice House sloshing in my brain. Because I say nothing that makes any sense, but I say it with a lot of passion. <laughs> and then immediately just go into fucking bashing uncut gems for some reason. <laughs> we will not relitigate the 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 exorcists no. thing because one, I'm right. And anyway, <laughs> yeah, you can all sit head over to the the the, the Cine file, the Cinecast, and yeah. you can you can hear that. All right, let's let's take a look at what popped up today before Before we talk about good movies. Let's talk about the Oscars. Better movies. Okay, (laughs) here we go. I guess let's hit the big ones first. We're gonna go with best sound editing. Whoop whoop whoop. I'm not I'm not gonna scroll that far down. We're gonna stay at the top of this (laughs) article. And let's see. But uh, okay, I'm not even. Gonna, we're just gonna go the best actor, best actor. Okay. All right, lay it out. Here we go. And this is the first time we are seeing these. I just saw that it happened this morning. This is a perfect opportunity because that's what we're all about. So, best actor: Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Right. Okay. Second, Will Smith, King Richard. Did not see that one coming. Oh, shit, I forgot that even came out. 
Yeah, totally did not see. That role was definitely not made for him to win an Oscar. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom. Oh, by yeah. Will's favorite auteur of late, Lynn yeah. Emanuel Miranda. I have to admit, I love that movie, even though it's terrible. Did you? Oh, I have a have we ne- have we never talked about how much of a problematic love affair I have with Rent and all things Rent? Okay, we're gonna move on. <laughs> um, we have <laughs> we have <laughs> we have Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch batch in the power <laughs> of. <laughs> Benedict, come on backs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big Dick, come on backs. Uh, in the power of the dog, mm. or as I like to say around here, the power of the doge. <laughs> and then we have one that Will totally agrees with uh, Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos. Did you watch that shit yet? No, but we'll eventually do one where I have to watch these, so I'll yeah. save it for that. Yeah, we'll save it because we'll do our yeah, we'll do our full on episode when the time comes. Has it been a year since I had to watch Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah, man. Ugh. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're rolling through it. Best, best actress. Um, wait, do you have any thoughts on the actor? Who do you think is going to take home the gold? Will Smith. Okay, yep. Actually, I mean, no, probably Denzel. I mean, Denzel's always the safest bet. Yeah, but King Richard's got all that buzz, you know? It's like... It does have the buzz, but I think... Yeah, I guess it makes it hard since they're both Shakespeare. Because, you know, both will make the the voters feel good. Right, right. So so it's tough. Yeah, that is a tough one, too. I mean, I do think... I guess King Richard will take it because it's not 4-3. Because I know a lot of, uh, from what I hear, the general public is confused and upset why the tragedy of Macbeth is a square and doesn't fill their whole screen. (laughs) I mean, people have become so accustomed to proper aspect ratio that I totally understand why they're a little (laughs) put out by that. Um, (laughs) Let's just stretch it to scope, see what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Two uh, two classic English literary adaptations. <laughs> it's I just all want it to be anytime anything King Richard. I just want it to be Pacino's amazing movie. What is it? Looking for Richard. That shit's so good. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Well, speaking of good, best actress Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, I forgot. I also forgot that came out. Olivia, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter. Oh dear God, that movie. We'll get we'll get to the Lost Daughter. <laughs> uh, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. There we go. There we Still go. haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's predictably fucking stellar. It also forced me to give myself a really fast uh, history lesson on some Spanish Civil War shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You know, the movie motivated me to not be as dumb about stuff. So, yeah. Now Will knows everything about Generalissimo Franco. That's right. He's now my uncle. I know so much. Yeah. That's what I found out. We're related. Uh huh. That doesn't doesn't shock me. (laughs) Um, So, wait, is it better than the the gay flight attendant movie? I'm a huge fan of that. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Dude, that shit's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Ha- uh, uh, never mind. Wait, no, yes, that's the right answer. So Nikki, <laughs> Nicole, Ki- Nikki, Nikki Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and uh, Christian Stewart in Spencer. I, I only saw that one out of this list, and uh, Spencer's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's all right. I don't think it's great, but it's pretty cool. The, the fact that it's a mainstream movie is pretty cool. I don't know. When she ate those stupid fucking pearls, I I, <laughs> I just thought this is I this is dumb. And you made me want to watch Swallow again. Did you see that shit last year? No, I didn't see that, but it's a great movie about Swallow and stuff. <laughs> I could just see so many think pieces of like horrible writers being like, and when she eat she's eating her vanity and wealth. <laughs> 
through the pearls. God. It's like the, did you see that fucking think piece come out about jackass? That it's about uh, male trauma and dealing with it? Oh my God. We funny to watch someone get kicked in the dick. The end. Calm down. I'll, I will take the days of when I used to try to write letters to the editor of the Kansas City Star, Robert Butler, over, you know, his horrible reviews. But like, you know, I'll take that. I'll take Sean Edwards out there being like, you know, the car wash was one of the best movies of the year. We had, even though the critics have always been stupid, there were better critics. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we went as much as it was cool. I guess we went wrong once, once Jackass three played at MoMA, I guess we, we should have seen this coming. Well, we were wrong telling everyone that they had a voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on to, moving on to best director. Uh, We have Kenneth Branagh in (laughs) Belfast. I haven't watched that yet. Though, you know, I recently rewatched Dead Again, and it's comfortable to remember that this guy could direct. Yep. I just, I was, I've been thinking about, I know it not necessarily well-loved, but his Frankenstein, I'm a huge fan of. Oh, yeah, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It is pretty good. I mean, it all comes down to that amazing zero music, only the sound of wet, naked dude bodies slapping together while he tries to help De Niro stand up for the first time. It's amazing. Will likes it. I. It's like the scene in Eastern Promises when they fight in the shower. It's just like dude flesh slapping together. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more into the science involved in the story. Mm. Cool. Back in the the days of the OG, uh, the OG Dark Universe, mm. you know, because we had we had the the Bram Stokers, we had the, the Coppola Dracula, we had the Branagh mm. Frankenstein. What else did we have? Did we have? Was there a Doctor Jekyll movie in there? Around that time, shit, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. I mean, all I can think of is Dr. Jekyll and Miss Osborne, but that's way earlier, so. Yeah, that's way. Um, well, whatever. We'll, yeah. Wait, wasn't there one with John Malkovich? Uh, a Jekyll one? Is there? There should have been if there isn't. <laughs> well, He's we'll come, around Halloween, Will and I will revisit the uh, <laughs> the ill-fated dark universe. Yes. Um, but moving on before our guests arrive, because maybe we can get two episodes out of this. Um, best director Branog in Belfast. We have PTA Licorice Pizza, and we're not going to get into that controversy. Yep. Uh, better best leave that alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we have. Well, I already know what PTA truly stands for, so we got nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, you all you heard it here first. Uh, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Hamaguchi, Drive My Car, which we'll get into that eventually. Yeah. And Steven should have been Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I haven't seen. I still have not seen these movies. These, these. I mean, they're as with all his shit. Both are good, but Wheel yeah. of Fortune, I think, is you know much better. But you know, but your boy ran in and out. West Side Story. Yeah, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so I yeah that won't win, but we all know that's the movie. I mean, it might though, because I don't think they're gonna do. um, Do you think they would do two not American directors so close together? Mm, Maybe because since Bong Joon Ho got it, I don't know if they're gonna give it to another not American person. So basically American. Yeah. They'll give, it, they'll give it to her. Yeah. That's my guess. We'll come back to these predictions later. Let's just finish. Okay, we got Best Picture, Belfast, Coda. I don't know what I don't even know what Coda oh, is. God, don't I you're gonna get not happy if you look for that. Okay. Uh I'm already happy. Here's my film of the year. Don't look up. Oh god damn it. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll come back to Don't Look Up. Uh, Drive My Car, Dune, which I still refuse to see, although <laughs> I was on the plane uh, leaving beautiful, sunny California yesterday and watched the guy next to me watch Dune. Oh, that's fun. So I've kind of seen Dune. Yeah. Um, Shakespeare's King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, <laughs> and West Side Story. I still haven't seen Power of the Dog. Yeah, I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I, I, I'll watch it. Great. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Where did we leave off? I don't remember. I mean, did we finish our Oscar nom talk? I, I feel like we did. Did we? I don't remember. I mean, we finished it before we began, but... <laughs> we could just do, like, you dip back in, see if there's anything left, and then we can do a little Berlin Alley quick burn and then get into it. Yeah. Okay. So Os- Oscar nominations were... We are oh, back. Yeah, there was news today that Seth Rogen doesn't think anyone should care. I don't know if you saw. About the Oscars? Yeah, hot take. No one's ever said that before. Wow. That's yeah. really bold of uh, him. Yeah, he said car people don't care about who wins the car awards. Why should people care about the awards we give ourselves? Good, good point, Mr. Seth Rogen. <laughs> you, yeah. you nailed it. Just... I remember he had a tweet like last year that was like, man, y'all need to just shut up and smoke some weed. Yeah. I mean, that, like, that I can, yeah, I can get behind that. I, not me. As you know, I don't fuck with the stuff. <laughs> no devil's lettuce for Mr. Dixon. Sorry. I've been joking <laughs> about it on the podcast for a year. I'd like to reveal that <laughs> it's a persona. <laughs> it's a persona. I don't smoke. I'm like turtle on entourage, you know, like you think I'm smoking weed, getting mad pussy with my fat ass, but no, I, I'm married. Uh, I, I don't do drugs. So. Yep. And I've actually, I've believe it or not, nary a drop of alcohol has ever touched these sweet lips. Yeah. Do you think this guy drinks Ice House? No. All right. Well, then let's just, you know, we, we rounded off the top things, I guess. Yeah. Like, who? You, let's talk about the snubs real quick. Who is pissed that Titan didn't get in there? Because I know a writer for Insider is extremely pissed that Titan did not <laughs> did not make it in. I mean, uh, I, I, I love that movie very deeply and intensely, but. Do you, I think oh, very much so. More and more every time. Mm, I don't know about that, but oh yes. But I think it's, it would be silly to even like wonder or want for that movie to be a part of the Oscars. Duh. Whether or not you like it, duh, it's not a part of the Oscars. Yeah. It's but, not the yeah. I like hating on that movie. It's not terrible. But it's not good in my opinion either. So. Third act is unreal. Yeah, that's better. I, I yeah, whatever. I mean, once it once it pulls the hat trick and it's not like an edgelord sex machine movie, then I think it's pretty fucking amazing. Okay. Well, you heard but it here first. Here first. Oh God, I'm having a stroke. Well, I, I'm having a stroke because I just saw something crazy nominated for costume design. We'll come back to this, but unseen by the human eye, Cyrano is nominated for best costume. That's right. (laughs) Dude, I also, so after the Pinkerton episode and hearing you guys sing that song, uh, yeah, I've been singing it. I immediately like that right after I was driving and I was like, I'm going to pop on the soundtrack. And I am someone who is maybe even more forgiving of musicals than I am of horror movies. And that says a lot. Like I can, I can enjoy almost any musical that exists just because people are singing. And I like that. <laughs> you heard but, it. He, this guy's uh, like a kick, kick, boom. So, you know, 
yeah, that movie sucks and I love it. So that's the level I'm at here. Oh my God. I truly kept checking to see if someone had successfully made a joke playlist on Spotify. Those, oh man, I sing better than everyone in that movie. It's crazy. They're so bad. It's nuts. It's like a, it sounds like the, like temp, like a temp group just getting the songs down, you know, so they can like smooth shit out while they send the lyrics to everybody and all that. And then everyone forgot to ever have any singers. (laughs) Well, as we found out, unbeknownst to us, this is soundtrack is not nominated. Actually, that's a side note. Sad. Um, The costume. yeah, but it was done by the, the lead singers of that group, The National. Yeah, which makes sense then, because they, they don't make sense. they rock, yeah. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> All I've been listening to is the Cyrano soundtrack. I'm just glad we got Fierno, Cyrano Fever started. That's uh, right. I think so we... We're going to get... I bet they put a thank you in the credits. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> This is funny. I did see Mr. Um, I, I, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I think it was Kimmel. Got <laughs> very upset because uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, No Way From Home is not nominated. But lest you laugh at that, he says, so you're telling me that gets nominated, but don't, or you're telling me that doesn't get nominated, but don't look up gets nominated. Okay. Okay. He might I have mean, a point there. I, he does. Spider-Man is pretty good. That shit wasn't bad at all. Did you see the new one? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. I wasn't, I wasn't mad, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about don't look up. I just really yeah. want to be slowly skinned alive. It's a pretty stupid movie that I think like is going to be, well, I'll say this on it before we really break that one down. I I think like it's the perfect movie for our country right now. It's, It's, I mean, it's the, if it's the death now, then yes. The enthusiasm over that movie (laughs) proves that we are slowly losing our marbles. Yep. Enthusiasm like coupled with the fact that people keep insisting that it is in any way, shape, or form a satire. Yeah, did you see the one? I think it was Forbes, a great uh, publication for film journalism, but they said something to the degree, maybe it was even The Intercept, that uh, this is our generation's Dr. Strangelove. Yep, and people compared it to Network. Just unreal. Yeah. On a... On a, on a, a, a I guess, slightly uncouth note. The one thing they do in that movie that is almost at least starting to flirt with spoof leading to satire is that they are really mean about autism. (laughs) (laughs) They're like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, clusterfuck autistic character. That I was like, oh, Oh wow! Okay, you're actually gonna do something that is, might be upsetting, but that you know they they smooth shit out. But that one for a moment, I was like, oh my god, maybe it really is gonna be a satire, but it, it's not. Even my my sweet father, who I would think would know better, this is a man that like used to skip work so he could go see the latest like Mike Lee movie, uh. and, and now he's like, well, yeah. It was pretty good, John. I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, like it's a movie of our times. And I have to agree, it is a movie of our times. But not in the way people keep thinking they're saying it is. It's really not. Uh, Yeah. Nothing positive. Nothing positive. But there were moments that I agree that, like, very small moments, like what we described, that it was like, could this be funny? Could this be from the guy that gave us, like, Anchorman? Fucking stepbrothers, uh, man. Yeah, the other guys, which I still think is like his best. Till it, the credits. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Till the Rage Against the Machine hits over the Dow infographics. Jesus I'll, Christ. I will take that any day. Oh, sure. Over the last three that he put out. One, because Rage Against the Machine rocks. <laughs> um, Wait, I thought you were white. White dudes don't like Rage Against the Machine. 
That's the other thing about this podcast. I'm actually <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> like the, the long pause. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God. okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll truly go into don't look up sometime. Here's one thing we should just say about the Academy. Apparently, breaking news today. This is hot off the press. The Academy will no longer be requiring vaccination cards to get in. To attend the Oscars? To attend the Oscars. And what let me, here, here's where I go off. Here's where I go off. You know what? Go ahead. Go off. <laughs> it's like, what did you expect? Also, what do you... Yeah, you can't go. I mean, I guess. Did you have an invite this year and you were like, oh, I was going to go. But now that they're not requiring vaccination records, fuck that. Jesus. Like, I mean, of course they aren't going to do it because there's a ton of anti-vaxxers in Hollywood. And this just it's yeah, sure. I guess they're stupid, you can say, but. Sure. Yeah, who cares? There, you know, like if you I want. guess I feel sorry for the staff around the hot bar in there, but like um but I mean, I'll check uh, some of my friends still work that shit, and my guess is it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's a fake disease. So that's right. COVID 69 is what I call it. Yeah, the scam demic has <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, it's all, yeah, it's definitely, none of it's real. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, what's real is the outrage by these people, or not real is the outrage by these people online. I I just can't, it just, I don't know, it just blows my mind how fucking turned on everyone is by, and I promise I'll stop this before we get on a slippery slope, but how turned on everyone is by, uh, granting people control over their lives or having control over someone else's life right it's just not it's not awesome to watch people be bummed that uh everyone won't be forced to do exactly what they want them to do it's getting weird guys (laughs) yeah it's shocking that uh, a bunch of millionaires and billionaires are gonna kind of write their own rules so weird that's yeah. the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, sh- you all shouldn't have asked for more inclusivity because this is what you got. Like, this is, you've asked for this and now it's happened. So, now what you know what you did? Now the Oscars are officially an unsafe space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Officially. You, they're all, I mean, just a, a breeding ground for death now, which, you know, I don't know why anyone would mind. Yeah, right. Come on, Darwin Awards. That'd be a hell of an uh, entry in that next year's book. <laughs> the only glimmer we're going to get from it is just hearing reports of like Meryl Streep test- got a cough and has COVID the next day. Uh, <laughs> fine. I, I Just weird, man. It's, it's just weird. It's weird and like and it's weird to watch people be like elated when someone gets covid too. They're like yeah. that's what they fucking get. Yeah. It, especially cuz most of the people who say shit like that are truly are right like thinking of it like a black plague. You know what I mean? Like in their mind this kills everyone it touches. And with that in mind they're saying, "Haha, you got it." That's what you get for not wearing a mask at Aldi's. Yeah, my <laughs> life is hi, man. <laughs> yeah, my life is so good. I'm not embittered in any way by that. I have no control over the forces that govern uh-huh. this world. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have a little tantrum in front of all my Funko Pops <laughs> and just like get mad and be like. I mean, I don't like film criticism, film writing has died completely. So that's why you have us. That's right. This is again, y'all asked for it. So this is the refuge of we were the precursor to the Oscars not requiring vax cards. So you're fucking welcome. 
<laughs> yeah, Will and I, funny enough, used to really like movies. Uh, on that note, let's finally, now that we don't have any dumb guests here, just like whinging about their series now. Yeah, stuff they're doing. Yeah, all their cool series that are going to probably be very successful. We <laughs> can finally quit interrupting the middle of the episode with yep. ads. And we can talk about highs and lows. Yep. And this can, you know, for everyone who keeps texting me being like, so I don't, I can't be there. What is the, what is the meaning between these? Yep. And now you can hear something that will, I don't know, tie them together. I don't know. Yep. And I will, it's, we like, we've talked about lots and our intros will reflect it, you know, here on this episode, we are going to tell you what we feel, right? Mm-hmm. The, the connective thread, the tissue, whatever, between these movies are. But the whole point of the of the festival itself is to just facilitate an opportunity for people to do that for themselves, you know? So yeah. we're not saying this is what these things mean together. We're saying we had strong reactions when watching these things together. And we just wanted to share that, you know, share that experience with people so they can have their own shit so this is not you know it's not to be all end all it's just how we're feeling and then we're really more excited to meet all of you at the theater and hear what you thought after this shit yeah that's way more exciting so really just quit listening now (laughs) (laughs) like you you've already got our play count is you've registered as a play so it's good yeah thanks guys (laughs) yeah you got oscar stuff don't worry there'll be more of that but um you can you can now just say you can knock off easy today yeah you've done it you did it and then we'll see at the theater (laughs) yeah but if you really gotta know here we go here it is we're gonna do it until my hot toddy runs out yep we're just gonna are we just gonna go through an order sure probably all right well uh we're kicking things off. Um, you know, I imagine all of our listeners at this point have probably read the the uh, the text that acts as an introduction for the whole series. If not, read that that frame shit in a good way of kind of what we're kind of what we're trying to do here. Um, but uh, first up, Billy Madison, directed by Tamara Davis, and. The Phantom of Liberty, directed by Luis Boonwell. So it's the 12th and the... That is the... Let's get these hold up. (laughs) I had it ready and then it (laughs) went away. Billy is the 12th, playing in that order, and then flipped order, which again, as we'll talk about, highlights what we're trying to do here. On March 8th, you can see The Phantom of Liberty first, followed by Billy Madison. Right. Right. Okay. And this one, uh, we, before the meltdown on the cinephile podcast, when they asked us about the, the genesis of highs and lows, uh, this one came after the fateful night, uh, where me and Mikey were going off with this idea and I, uh, read an interview or something with Tamara Davis. I can't remember because of what we talked about on the cinephile episode, because it was snowing so much in LA and snow really makes it hard for me to remember stuff. So I agree when it snows that often. Yeah, it, it was, it was a weird couple of years in LA. Where it just Yeah. That snow. one night where for a couple hours, it just <laughs> really coming up instead of coming down for some reason. Uh, but uh, you know, coming off that night, I read an interview with Tamara Davis about Billy Madison and she, she was uh, lamenting the fact that people didn't seem to know or care how uh, much of a surrealist comedy that it was. Um, And that's a lot of what she was going for and why she said yes and why she was interested in it. Um, And that was kind of, that was, you know, that was a moment where we, that kind of blew open the floodgates and we were like, holy shit. And then uh, I believe it was Mikey very immediately was like, oh man, it's got to be a fan of Liberty. Like that's the one. And then we 
watched it and even surprised ourselves. And that's a that's a recurring thing throughout all of this, I would say, at least for myself. I won't speak for you or Mike, but um, that the ideas came and they were exciting and we knew they worked well. But then once we actually vetted them, we were floored even more. Um, and that's what happened with Billy and Phantom Liberty is that truly at the end of the day, they really, I think they really speak to each other, um, back and forth. Um, yeah, in a lot of, in a lot of different ways, uh, that I did not expect because initially I think I was kind of like, yeah, it's, they're both surrealist. They're both absurd. Uh, they both have a lot of poop jokes. That's pretty fun. And then the shit gets really dense if you wanted to <laughs> the yeah. way these movies go back and forth. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Boonwell, I, you know, around this time was writing about and talking about this movie in terms of like its adherence to th- what he thought was the randomness of the universe and the complete unpredictability of order that there is nothing that guides anything and uh, yeah, I would assume that kind of applies to Billy Madison as well. Um, they both deal with um, uh, people of the bourgeoisie, um, just doing bourgeoisie shit. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're bouging it up. Um, snipers are heroes in both. Uh, they're both hallucinating animals. Um yeah, I mean, there's a lot that really ties those two, but I think it's truly just the um, the kind of unchecked sense of anarchy. I mean, I honestly, Phantom of Liberty, yeah, it makes as much sense as Billy Madison does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just as like, you know, as after the last time we did this, uh, the first time rather when I was talking to someone after and they really enjoyed it, but they were just, they were so determined. They were like, but still at the end of the day, are you trying to like suggest that Billy Madison is as good of a movie as the Phantom of Liberty? And I, I mean, no, I guess if no. trying to, like, <laughs> like if I'm trying to be truly objective, right? Like if I'm trying to be objective in the, scope of film history and like actually bring all of that in including theory including you know like hard facts about you know methods of filmmaking styles of filmmaking all of that then no definitely not absolutely not but if we're talking about what we're so you know into with this series and highlighting the spectacle of cinema and where it all started and why it existed in the first place, then absolutely I think Billy Madison is as good of a movie as Phantom because it does exactly what it sets out to do. Um, And it does it very well. And I think it's something that Tamara Davis is a little bit slept on in my opinion. She has a weird career for sure, but even just, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, even just this one in CB4. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's the same. It's that same style of just anarchist insanity. Um, like, yes, funded by and couched in, you know, happy endings and, sure. you know, whatever, all of that. But I don't know. She's, a, I think she's a lot more wild and interesting of a filmmaker than is given credit for. Oh, yeah. I mean, half baked, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what was the Britney Spears. Oh, Crossroads. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen that. It's all, it's all like cooked in that same weird world that she must be either like the most fun or the least fun person to hang out with. Ever. <laughs> I can't tell if she just like laughs at everything and that's how she gets through or if she's just miserable. You know? Yeah. She also did the Umbop video. Really? Yeah. Well, fuck, we already made the pre-show. Oh, yeah. oh, we got to get that in there, actually. It's too late. No, please don't add it now. They're <laughs> already going to be so mad they're getting it late tonight. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it on the next one. Yeah. Second feature. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it, again, even in this, even in this realm that we're in right now, I'm hesitant to go much further. 
you know, for those of you that really like for those of you that are listening, because then it then it's going to start getting into the very specific, you know, seconds long moments that I think connect to these movies thematically mm-hmm. and emotionally. And I don't want to do that. No, you know, I don't want to. We don't want to spoil that for y'all. But, you know, I feel like in a in a, in a nutshell, as they say, that's kind of our you know that's kind of the the reason for the season of billy and phantom yeah yeah and also connecting billy and tamra davis's career with another film which we're going to talk about in a bit how high tamra davis did one of the episodes of the ill-fated i think it's called meth and red oh she did yeah method and red yeah yeah method and red Wow. And yeah, did one of those. So Holy I do shit. remember when that was on TV, but I don't remember. You know what? We're going to. I don't know if I ever watched it, but we're going to soon. That's yeah. a, that's when we when we finish highs and lows and, you know, we're successful and rich and we don't have any problems anymore in life to celebrate. <laughs> let's get blasted and watch Method and Red. I'm going to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to but yeah, I will save the rest of the season of Method, oh. method and Red. <laughs> yep. I guess they couldn't call it Meth and Red. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But if you are listening to this and you cannot be in Chicago and can't come out, try this shit at home by yourself. It also works best in a theatrical setting, of course, like all things, but it still works if you do it at home. But when we showed this uh, the first time in LA, there was this... Uh, delightful muscle bro who came out for billy madison and so you know phantom or uh, billy plays and people are stoked whatever and this dude comes up to comes up to us and in all earnestness and he was just like yo man i wanted to stay for the second movie but somebody told me i'd have to fucking read if i did is that true and we were like yeah it does, you know it does have subtitles but all i said to him i was like there are there are actually more poop jokes in phantom than there are in Billy. And he was like, all right, man, fuck it. I'll try it. And this dude was laughing so loud throughout the whole ass movie blew his mind. And after that wanted to talk and asked if there were any other movies like this. So we sent him home with a fat list of Boonwell movies to watch. <laughs> yeah, that guy just watching Los Olivados being like a chicken shit is pretty funny. Yeah. he's like i watched yeah i watched that land without bread and i'm not alive anymore <laughs> so. yeah no it'd be funny if you saw land without bread it was like that was hilarious <laughs> that'd be the yeah yeah he just thinks they're all funny i mean he wouldn't be wrong that is kind of a spoof of documentaries so that's true okay that's let's true. move on here because we're getting yeah, down let's go, to um, my drink let's go uh angus and machete Right, Angus and Mouchette. This one's real special, I think. Um, Why is it special? Do we have some special surprises for this one? Well, we have some special surprises. We'll have some uh, introductions from some people involved in the... In, with Mouchette. Uh, <laughs> the movie Mouchette. We actually, we shot on 16 an interview with uh, Robert Bresson. Yeah. Right before his death. Um, in 1935, we shot an interview with him, and we're finally going to. Before he was a director, we were we were chilling with Man Ray. We like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we actually interviewed him in the interim of his life when he was still alive, which is still shocking. I think when you look at how long he was alive, it really is because it's hard not to think. I remember when I was young and like coming up and, you know, turning into a, a movie obsessed person. And when it's names like Robert Bresson and the way people talked about him in my mind, I'm like, Oh, dead by the forties for sure. Cause he's so special. Like, the, the, you know, and like, I remember what, yeah, when I found out, I was like, wait, he was making movies in the sixties. Like, Well, he was definitely making movies in the sixties. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And then that, it, but then it, that he kept living. I was like, no, this is like some old world art house legend. He can't be alive. Yeah, but like it's like Larjean's what, like eighty three, and he yeah. lived for like a decade longer. I think right because he died mid nineties. I, I think so. Yeah, and that's crazy to think that Robert Bresson was just like <laughs> hanging out watching Bond movies. 
Yeah, hanging out watching Pong movies. I heard from a certain film critic who told me that he visited Robert Bresson in his twilight years and that he was a very charming person, but, and maybe he heard this story from someone else, Mm -hmm. but he, Bresson was obsessed with the front door being closed and kept not upset, but just kept being like, and make sure when you leave, you shut the front door. And every time they get ready to leave, you'd be like, okay, great. We'll just make sure the front door shut. Yeah, I don't know if this is very funny, but it's just cool that like Brayson had just everybody else's worries. Is that front door closed? Uh, yep. Uh, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we have some uh, we have some introduction videos from some people involved in Angus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll just say if if you have not seen Angus before, or if you have and it's been a long time. And, you know, you maybe don't remember it the most favorably or you kind of remember like, I mean, yeah, sure. I grew up watching Angus, whatever. Give it another give it another go. I think that's uh, these are, I think, two very, very special movies um, about children and the perseverance that young people just fucking have in their guts, you know. Um, Yeah. And what they can. Like, obviously, it sucks that kids go through terrible things, but humans are terrible, so it's natural. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is a, a double feature that is a uh, a bit of a celebration and love letter to <laughs> how fucking strong kids are and all the shit they get through. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Angus was a little stronger than Machete. He, that motherfucker didn't roll his ass down a hill until he died. That's right. <laughs> Which you know, very funny way to kill yourself. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. I think I think Michette had like uh, you know, it's more, more internal until the end. <laughs> and Angus said it said more of it out. <laughs> let it let, this is a great way to take a second on this because let's be honest, there are there are differences between Mouchette and Angus. Oh yeah. Quite but that's the point. Like, yes, there are these similarities. But it's just so funny to show Angus with Mouchette. And yeah. not like as a big joke. Like, you know, well, I think it can be funny and not be a joke. And I think that's a lost art form in this right right now. You know, like it, yeah. Yeah. And people can still be Brayson can be kind of funny. Yes. Actually, it can be I'm very funny. funny. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Larjean, hilarious. <laughs> Break down the plot of that, that's hilarious. <laughs> um you know a man escaped i think people have made this comparison before but tells you the the outcome right at the beginning of the movie (laughs) the title i mean Um, truly balthazar on paper sounds like a goddamn looney tune sketch it does (laughs) uh unfortunately that's the movie that i have tattooed on my heart so (laughs) i can't can't, i'm contractually i can't joke about Oh, I'll make sure to I'll make sure to try to come up with some uh, zingers to use in every one of our introductions to see if I can get you going. <laughs> that you will never get me to crack wise about Ahasar Balthazar. We have to draw a line somewhere. More like bored Thazar. I would say, why did I, why did why were you breaking all those glasses and no one gave a shit? <laughs> Pretty weird. <laughs> kind of seems like bad filmmaking. <laughs> bad filmmaking. Yeah, it's, like all, the, it's all the fuck. It's like all the cigarettes that Bellatar wastes. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Everyone smokes. We get it. What's up with all that armor clinking in uh, Lancelot? Too much armor clinking. Okay. Yep. All right. But yeah, it's uh, again. You know, we don't want to go too deep dive in this shit because we want to hear what you guys think, but yeah but truly give it a give it a shot i have heard from a fair amount of people in my life who have said like i've never had the chance to see machete on film in a theater and i'm definitely doing it and then when i say oh but you're gonna and they're like well it's either they haven't seen it and they don't care or they have seen it and they think they remember fully yeah a good amount of people have been like i don't know if i'll do angus also and so this is just my plea to just fucking do it and see what happens, man. Angus is also what, like 98 minutes? It's so long. 
pull your nose out of your butthole. Like, yeah. come listen to like when Green Day was still good on a soundtrack. You can hear <laughs> Ash on there. For our Midwest folks, Smoking Popes get two songs. Two. <laughs> two, two songs and two of their two of their best. Pretty good. Yeah. Great Pretty shit. Good. Yeah. Um, just, just take a fucking risk. We all know that Mouchette is a stone cold masterpiece and should be thought of as such, sure. But take a chance on Angus and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, your your afternoon is not going to be like sanctity of Mouchette. No, be it'll be enhanced. Even I might suggest. Yeah, and yeah, right. It, it's also Kathy Bates. If that's not enough to get you to come to any movie, if I said it was made in the 90s and Kathy Bates is in it and you don't want to come, then maybe <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And concurrently, if you're the, if, well, if you're the type of person that wants to see Angus and is worried about this Mouchette movie. Yes. You're same thing. Yeah. Again, like, also very short. Also that's very short. is a great entry for people, I think, who wanted potentially explore the world of you know art house movies because they're short like we're not we're not asking you to take a to to take some insane eight hour journey with us watching like a wang being movie or something yeah after that lady stops whinging at the beginning of mouchette <laughs> it's if you if the, those next five minutes do not do it for you then you have no reason to be at the movies you don't like movies yeah quits to stop go home <laughs> watch the rest of whatever you're watching uh let's think of a show real quick um i'll keep watching euphoria over and over it'll be fine it's a hot topic it is it were. keep watching euphoria keep watching go watch don't look up again because oh, yeah if you can't hang you will love where don't look up goes you'll find that to be a very smart movie if you're not moved by machette and you're not touched by angus i don't know what to do yeah <laughs> then your dick doesn't probably also work <laughs> like there's something wrong with you i'm not saying you get horny during machette i'm just saying you don't know how to experience pleasure yes yes so you heard it Again, every episode we have truly an exclusive news break. We just solved uh, erectile dysfunction. I'm putting in gunshot noises right here. <laughs> so we, yeah, we solved it because it's just people who cannot appreciate and love and feel Angus and Machette can't get erections. Yeah. And yeah, and if you just can't. If you can't get over the fact that Mouchette is going to be ruined by this movie called Angus, then then you also don't love movies. Then you're a poser. <laughs> then you're posturing as someone who you probably don't even actually understand or love Mouchette. You're probably plugging your ears when that baby keeps crying. So, like, <laughs> moving on. Yep. Next uh, up. Next up, we have, I think, one of the one of the most rewarding. Oh, real quick, like I say the dates for Mouchette. Yeah. We have February 3rd. So it's okay. So February 13th, Angus playing before Mouchette. Shh, I wonder when we're going to see more people in the seats. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. we'll see. Maybe I need to give more credit to this city. I mean, yeah, um, dude, Mouchette is art house crack, my dude. So yeah, we got this. This is in yeah. New York, Chicago. <laughs> You got this. Um, and then, yes, February 24th is Mouchette playing in front of Angus. If you're a huge Chicago Film Society person, that's probably the day you want to go. That's what I want to do, because I've never done it in that order. Like when I when I vetted this, when I did Angus Machette. Um, I do love on the, the website. I love on the website, if you look at the runtime, it says 171 minutes. And I just love the idea of someone like not knowing what these people being like, wait, I'm going to have to sit through 171 minutes of a movie. For this movie called Angus plus Mouchette? Angus plus Mouchette. <laughs> this is, I was thinking this was Eros plus Massacre. <laughs> no, that, that character would not be watching that movie. Goddamn no. 
we'd go we'd go too hard if we could get one of his movies in highs and lows. Well, buy well, some well, tickets. Let's table it. Let's table it. Let's yeah, table buy it. some tickets, motherfuckers. So part two uh, happens. Yeah. Uh, um, also to highlight every single thing in this series because you know we want to give people the chance to see movies exhibited as they were originally exhibited so every single thing is on 35 millimeter excluding how high and ed tv which will be dcp but everything else um yeah so how high and ed tv have now joined every movie before 1928 basically (laughs) uh I'm not giving up hope, though. Someday we're going to find prints of both and we're going to show them again. Well, we we did kind of find one. We did? Yeah, there was a how high print. We just couldn't get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. So we're calling that guy out right now. (laughs) Give it up. Let us have it, please. This guy just sitting in his living room, just projecting over and over how high. Just oh, like it up. We can say it. It's allowed because it's on the website. There is a 35 millimeter non-circulating preservation print of Bob Dylan Spawn's movie How High at the Academy Film Archive. <laughs> One of the biggest and greatest archives in the world is saving for eternity a beautiful print of how high but it cannot be shown and all the rest are gone which is a bummer but anyway you know what will not will be non-circulating pretty soon your (laughs) your blood flow if you don't let us have this damn another if you don't loan us your 35 millimeter prints you definitely also can't get (laughs) okay on that note on to on to is this this is the horniest double feature yeah for sure maybe the only horny double feature Uh, it could be argued this is the only obviously horny double feature actually now you say that we have some pretty horny double features yeah that's never mind but this one is the horniest we can say that comfortably it's it's horny let's just uh two two fucking stellar ass movies from very different parts and times of the world uh that both from what I can tell, came from a similar seed of an idea. Um, Truly. About this is an easy uh, one. Reaching, reaching a point in your life where uh, things did not work out as you expected, whether they fell apart or whether they never came together. Um, I still can't connect with that. That's <laughs> yeah, no, we foreign, can't foreign to me. Because we're both 19. So. <laughs> we're we've both, got a lot of life ahead of us. <laughs> we're both 19-year-old Chinese teens, and that's why we have streetwear involved with this series. <laughs> oh. So, with that said, yeah, we present one of my favorites of the bunch, for sure. How Stella Got Her Groove Back uh and fear eats the soul this one is a fucking banger across the board this one um i mean this one in my opinion shouldn't take any convincing like no if you don't if you don't don't see it out the gate again more is revealed and i do think this one becomes a really like beautiful almost one movie in some ways um tapestry when you watch them together uh but if you yeah. don't see it on the sur- on the surface why this shit slaps, I don't know what to tell you. Because you know, if you if you can't be interested in watching movies about uh, middle-ish aged women trying to figure out what makes them happy and gross, one of the thoughts that is a tried and true method throughout history is maybe if you fuck a younger dude, you feel better. And that's kind of where we start with both of these, really. <laughs> this is the hardest one for me because women over the age of 20 are, you know, you're, you're, past, for- you're, you're past your prime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that's that sound with me opening that. the garbage can. Yes. Put that, put in, put in, please put in like a dump truck noise (laughs) collecting every woman who has gone above the drinking age (laughs) oh well now that none of you are going to come to this one (laughs) yeah sorry ryan i think i just blew it oh 
I can't edit this out at all. Yeah. These movies are both uh, gorgeously shot, again, in very different ways, of course. Um, Because, you know, nobody nobody looked at the world quite like Mr. Fassbender did. But, again, the the subject matter is uh, very, very similar here. And uh, the journey that both of these women go on as they try to figure out if things can be salvaged or created or um, whatever it may be uh, is really beautiful. This one made me cry a lot. Yeah. This this is the date night double feature. Yes, it It, is. When we said Stella Stella is, that's a steamy movie. Oh my God. I know. Okay. Dudes and ladies listening, your girlfriends who are there constantly online are going to be so excited to see Stella got how Stella got her groove back. Promise. And then impress them with a West German classic. Yeah. Which they'll love. I don't think you can. They will though. And it's, it's again, this is another one. And I think part of uh, the, at least with part one here, part of our thinking was, to ensure that the none of the movies just inherently make people feel fucking stupid in whatever direction, Agreed. whether stupid for loving, you know, the supposed low or stupid for not loving the supposed high. Um, the, the, the art house stuff that we chose, I think are really fucking stellar and non-judgmental entry points into that world of filmmaking. And, you know, Fassbender made some, tough movies that put your audience through a lot and that you have to, I mean, my favorite is third generation and that movie is a brutal watch. It's like taking a fucking test. I you have to work so hard. I appreciate that movie, but my God, I would never show that to anyone because yeah. it's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's so an endurance difficult. test. It is. It is. Um, in I in mean, the same why, way. That's why yeah. I still don't get paid for most of the programming work I do, because the first film series I ever put on, I showed Third Generation. That's such uh, a fucked up thing to do. Yep. In a basement at a coffee shop. It was a great idea. Great yeah. idea. But anyway, yeah. Harry's goal is not that. This yeah. is Fassbender still very much in his Circean uh, obsession, I would say. Um, he still really just wants to figure out what makes melodramas tick and uh how he can push push that through the lens of what's happening in germany right. at the time and also just push it through the lens of being a constantly love sick slut really oh he was such a slut that's what he was he was a beautiful pansexual love sick slut who oh, just, wanted, slut, yeah. just wanted everyone to fuck each other and love each other and be one big family you know he did the, he did he tried his best but anyway, yeah, yeah, he did his best. Uh, it was a loving best. human all around to all, oh, yeah. all the, of his partners. They probably all, yeah. well, actually, they probably all would say that they loved him. But well, okay, did, I mean, it was a it was don't a, look up his history with his lovers. Maybe yeah, it's tough. What's that but, kind of thing? It's where real recognize real at a certain level. The crew that they ran together, you know. They all knew what was going on. They were all on the same page. You know what I mean? I think it was, they, they yeah. truly loved and respected each other. It's just maybe, a you know, the way they existed in the world is not necessarily a healthy one, but. Yeah, I would be glowing if my wife died too, so. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call this episode, John Takes a Dump. <laughs> oh all right you have uh you have anything to add about uh no. how got her fucking groove back and no this one's too self-explanatory and i'm not gonna debate someone's it intelligence is. by okay uh, going next up no next Ooh. up okay i'm gonna cut this part right here you keep saying next up i'm gonna go pee and refill this wait can i smoke a save while you do that then Fine. You get to refill. I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not taking a break. I'm just refilling. Yeah, I'm refilling. Okay, I am gonna have to heat water up. So yes, that's fine. Yeah, come on. We'll be right back. (laughs) Bye, everyone. And we're not cutting this. Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna leave the space heater on in the back. Wait, I'm gonna turn a. I'm gonna turn a song on. 
Wait, okay, cool. He can hear the space heater and whatever grindcore Will is about to play. No, this is, I'm trying to get people to come to this. 